0: This is The Guardian. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is the Full Story Summer Series. I'm here with audio producer, journalist Rafka Chuma. Hi, Laura. So I hear that you have been on the hunt for Australia's most beautiful bookstore, Why, what set you on this journey? So I've been a
1: big reader since I was a child, big nerd. I love having a physical collection of all the books that I've read. For me, looking at my bookshelves isn't just about remembering the stories that I read, but it's about the memories of the bookstores that I bought all of my books from. I feel like when you're shopping online, which is all I did during COVID, you miss out on the experience of exploring a space that is curated entirely for the purpose of searching for a story that you didn't know you wanted to hold and read and immerse yourself in. Um, When you're in a bookstore, you can be drawn to something like the colour of a spine or a pattern. And I missed that during COVID. I really just want to be able to explore new bookstores and spaces for stories again.
0: I do have some good and bad memories of of bookstores, actually. I've worked in a big commercial bookstore chain for several years, so (laughs) scarred me slightly. Why are you so connected to to bookstores? And do you have a favourite one yourself?
1: I think one of my favourite memories in a bookstore has to do with my favourite childhood bookstore that I would visit with my little cousins around the corner from their house in Beecroft, they would always host events with children book authors and we would have sleepovers the night before, discuss the book and wake up really early the next morning waiting to get our book signed and it was always a really magical experience.
0: That's so cute. I feel like kids are like lining up for iPhones. I sound like 100 years old saying this, but like (laughs) that's your equivalent of it. What makes a bookstore beautiful, though? How
1: do you actually measure that? Well, that is what I need to find out. I don't exactly know what makes a bookstore beautiful. I think beauty can mean so many different things. So I'm excited to travel around, explore bookstores that I've never seen before and find in them things that I realise I really value in a good bookstore and a book buying experience.
0: Sounds lovely. Up next, Rafka sets off to find the most beautiful bookstore.
2: I am a very big reader. I always have been since a child.
1: I need to find someone who shares my love for bookstores to ask them exactly what it is I'm looking for.
2: I'm Lucy Clark. I'm the Features and Memberships Editor of Guardian Australia. Do you have a local bookstore that you pop into? I do. I have, luckily, just around the corner... Or dangerously, just around the corner, a (laughs) tiny little treasure trove of a bookstore, which is really, really small but packed to the gills with beautiful books. And there's a woman in there who runs it who's been there for uh, maybe 30 years and what she doesn't know about books isn't worth knowing. (laughs) Do you think... The owner or the bookseller adds to the charm of a bookstore. Absolutely. I think if you were to ask me, and you probably do want to ask me, what is it about bookstores that make them so wonderful? I have to say it's the booksellers because they're the unsung heroes of the whole publishing industry. They love books and they love matching people with books. When you get a good bookseller, it's mm-hmm. like having your own private reviewer.
1: When you walk into a bookstore, how do you like to see things set up?
2: I want to see the new releases first mm-hmm. because I want to see what's new because I'm in bookstores all the time. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to see what's new. I want to also see, and this is something I love from booksellers, uh, little handwritten notes like in a good wine store when, <laughs> you know, the staff want to tell you about <laughs> a, a good wine. I'd love to see staff picks and, and the reasons mm-hmm. they are recommending a book. So I am very drawn to those. I love big, cavernous, secondhand bookstores where you can just spend hours looking at books that are 50 years old or five minutes old. It's really hard for me to pin down what makes a wonderful bookstore, except I do come back to the people who run them and their passion for books and their passion for telling you about new books. The booksellers are amazing. So now I know what I'm looking for,
1: a great bookseller who has a wonderful range of old and new books that are well organised so they're easy to find, and of course, a good looking store. I guess that means it's time to search for our contenders. Now of course I don't have the time to travel to every single bookstore in Australia, so I did the next best thing, I turned to social media.
0: Cracked and spineless in Hobart. From the warning sign for those who might be offended by what they see.
3: Archives Fine book Books Brisbane, a TARDIS of a bookstore. So many happy hours spent browsing there. It was my cheap outing. As Some
1: people changed. suggested bookstores in interesting places. I can't remember the name of it, but just across from the dog on the tucker box in Gundagai, there's this antique store that sells secondhand books in an old train carriage. Even Catherine Andrews, ambassador of the Stella Book Prize and the wife of Victorian Premier Dan Andrews, weighed in recommending Stoneman's Book Room in Castlemaine, which she stumbled into on a freezing cold day. She said the loveliest bookseller recommended a funny and devastating book to her and gave the store a 10 out of 10. And some pointed out that a good bookstore doesn't have to be beautiful in order to be wonderful.
2: Memorable, definitely not beautiful. Gould's Books in Newtown. There are so many hidden gem books inside there if you sift through.
1: All up, I got more than 100 recommendations for beautiful bookstores all around Australia. I had to whittle them down somehow. This process was definitely not scientific. I looked up photos of all the bookstores online, read reviews, considered their proximity to a train station, I'm on a budget here, and it was a tough decision, but I got it down to two. Both second-hand bookstores in two different cities. In order to choose the winner, I wanted to find out more about the booksellers and their selection of books. And to do that, I had to pay them a visit. My first stop is Sappho Books in Glebe, inner city Sydney. You can feel as you walk through the store how narrow it is. It twists like a maze up three flights of stairs and they open into little rooms that are dedicated to different genres. The walls in each room are different colours. They're like private little reading nooks. The doors and the windows are all different shapes, but somehow it all fits together so seamlessly. It just feels like the place has always been there.
3: Uh, I'm Meredith Bailey uh, from
1: Sappho Books.
3: The owner, Meredith Bailey, opened the store almost 30 years ago. My favourite place in Sappho is the front desk, and that's because my favourite part of the job is customer interaction. I adore it. I love that I meet so many interesting people and people talk to you when you're a bookshop owner. You you discover incredibly interesting stories. You meet really interesting people and a really broad cross-section of people. Could you describe to listeners what Sappho Books feels like? I, I feel very strongly that I want people to have an experience when they come here of feeling comfortable and at home. I feel that a lot of shopping experiences have become incredibly impersonal and I think that this has led to a sort of epidemic of loneliness and especially in this inner city that there's no longer sort of small community shopping experiences where people actually know your name and they greet you and say how's your dog or whatever and in creating Sappho I wanted to create a place that I wanted to be as well. I don't want to work in an impersonal place where I have to be artificial, I want to be myself, I want to be relaxed, I want people to come to be relaxed, and I find it incredibly gratifying that I get that feedback all the time from people, saying, oh, it's my favourite place, I feel so relaxed when I come here, it's my refuge, that sort of comment, it's my refuge, I get a lot. Um, And I, I really love it when I hear that. The
1: three floors are separated by genre. The first floor has newer releases as well as first editions of famous books. Upstairs, there's politics, history, feminism, news, as well as young adult and children's. The further up you go, the more niche the genres become.
3: The way you organise second hand bookshops is different from a library, so you're organising it. you're trying to figure out the way the customer's thinking in terms of categorizing and it changes all the time and as interests change sections change and the name of sections change and then we have arguments about genre and literature as well like uh, whether or not you're going to call something popular fiction or literary fiction Um, the stock in the shop is constantly changing so people are buying things and we're replacing them we also cull out old stock. So we we don't want a sort of accumulation of tired, old stock. It takes a lot more work than people realise. I constantly get, I got a hilarious CV um, just last week. Somebody saying, oh, I'd love to work in your shop. I can imagine myself drinking coffee and reading a book at the front counter. (laughs) So actually it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, day-to-day effort to continually tidy and organise and keep it in in the state that it's in.
1: In Sappho's, I felt exactly how Meredith said she wanted her customers to feel. Like I was in a cozy bubble, comfortably tucked away from the rest of the world. It's going to be a hard one to beat. Next, I traveled to Victoria to visit my second contender for the most beautiful bookstore in Australia.
0: Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks.
1: The second bookstore was recommended to me by my colleague, Steph Convery. There's a second-hand bookstore in Bendigo
2: that I have a soft spot for. The Bendigo one is called Book Now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. So be sure to arriving in Bendigo.
1: If you're leaving this service here, please be sure you have all your personal belongings before leaving the train. Book now, now is in Bendigo, about two hours northwest of Melbourne. It's a bit older than Sappho's. It opened its doors when Gary Murray bought the building back in 1984.
4: was originally a wine spirits merchant. One of our customers was actually used to work here and deliver wine all around Bendigo on a bicycle <laughs> in his, when he was a young young boy. So. Mm-hmm. And he's still a customer now.
1: Book now looks like this massive ancient treehouse with a barn roof. The building is huge. It used to be a wine cellar. It's wooden with a wide staircase leading to a mezzanine level and it has these bright windows that open up to the trees outside.
4: For me, the attraction is that you can see everything from virtually anywhere in the shop. It's not little little rooms here and there, which is sometimes nice, but it's just nice to be able to see everything from, from one place, I think.
1: Gary's old neighbour Charles Brownridge has been a bookseller at BookNow for the last 10 years.
4: A lot of people come in and sort of just gasp and ooh-ah and so on when they come through the door, which is a sort of good feeling to, to have them doing that. And I think the, the openness of it surprises people and appeals to people.
1: Well, we gasped when we walked in. <laughs> I, could, I can't stop
4: looking yeah, It has that effect on people.
1: Despite its huge size and range of books, it's a lot less organised than Sappho's. The shelves are organised by genre, but they are also in piles of books stacked on the floor.
4: Books everywhere, not quite as ordered as they should be, is what I'd, how I'd describe it. It's, there's a little bit of everything in book now. It's not, it's not a sort of a, a high-end market book, which I think is the appeal of it for me. We originally tried to logically connect all the shelves, but it doesn't, it's, the books don't always come in where you've got spaces, so you have to jiggle things around, but it's, it's vaguely logical.
1: Everywhere Gary has lived, he has owned a bookstore. Maybe that makes him the ultimate bookseller.
4: I still enjoy it after all these years, which is special, I suppose.
1: Why do you enjoy it?
4: I think because I like books, basically. and It's an excuse to be around them and to buy them. And then you get to sell them again, so you can buy more.
1: Where did you keep the books when you had too many
4: before you had the bookstore? It's a secret. Some in my wife's piano, <laughs> I have to confess.
1: How yeah. many can you fit inside a piano?
4: <laughs> I never counted them. I was very discreet about that.
1: <laughs> it's a tough choice because both Book Now and Sappho's have charming booksellers. On appearance alone, Book Now has my heart. And Sappho's is better organised for readers who need something new. But there can only be one winner. Hi, Meredith, are you there? Yeah. How are you going today?
3: I'm good, super busy.
1: Oh, well, this is always our busiest month is January. Well, thank you for giving me a tour of Sappho's the other day. Oh, it's our pleasure. My hunt for the most beautiful bookstore is over it took me a few weeks but I searched through over a hundred submissions of bookstores from our own readers I traveled to two cities and it was a really hard decision as you can imagine but I've made it and I have decided that Sappho's is my pick for the most beautiful bookstore in Australia
3: oh my goodness that is just so fantastic the, the staff will be really really thrilled to hear that can I ask you to guess why I chose
1: Sappho's in the end because you like the cat how about that I did like the cat and the cat liked me, which I was surprised about. Yes, considering it doesn't like me. But yeah, no, so wasn't it the cat? No, it wasn't the cat, actually. All right, I give up. (laughs) It just feels like Sappho's was meant to be in that spot forever. It has gone through so many different layers of renovations. The windows and the doors didn't match. It felt a bit ramshackled but everything felt like it belonged together and it felt like it was bringing books and people from all over the place to this one store to share a common love of stories and I really felt you share that love as well so thank you for sharing that with me and I'm really excited to see Sappho's in 2023 I'll come back and visit for sure
3: oh that's great that's so lovely to get that feedback it really is it really is lovely so thank you very much we're really really pleased what does this win mean for you and it just gives you a real lift when you get positive feedback from people that, that it means something to them. I mean, how many people get that in the workplace, this sort of, you know, people coming up and telling you that they love it, you know, and it makes them happy. And and that's, yeah, that's really great.
0: That was Raf Katuma, a journalist at Guardian Australia. Thanks to Meredith Bailey, Gary Murray and Charles Brownridge for their time. This episode was produced by Raf Katuma and Jane Lee. The series producer for Full Story Summer is Ellen Lee Beater and the executive producer of this episode was Molly Glassy. Sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. Okay, catch you tomorrow.